When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Happy farms have taken off across the state, and with that, there has been more wool and fiber production. However, processing the fiber takes hard work and skill. I'm Allison Lund for the Midwest Farm Report. Carol Wagner is the owner of Hidden Valley Farm and Woolen Mill. She shares more about the state's fiber industry and what it looks like to process the fiber. I would suspect that most of the operations across the state are small. We, we have um, a flock of about 200 ewes, that fiber-producing ewes, as well as meat-producing ewes. But... Um, I would suspect that most people um, are in the range of 30 to 50 ewes. So that's, that's what I'm thinking is that most people that, that have animals have in that number range. And um, there are a, lot, a number of alpaca farms in the state as well. Um, although it's interesting because... The alpaca industry is is different than than the wool industry because they have um, a plan that goes back through Peru where they can um, I'm not quite sure how it works but they can send their fiber and then get a it's a co-op of some sort and they can get products back and they get credit for the fiber that they've spent sent but they also have they can purchase items at a discount rate uh, and then resell those. Um, so I'm, there are alpaca producers that do direct market their fiber, um, yarn, um, and um, they have it spun at mills here in the, in the country. I know there's one in Iowa that specializes in alpacas um, and in northern Illinois as well. Um, there used to be a large number of angora goat farms, but um, the fibers, the goats are angora goats, but the, um, the fiber is called angora, and the, that demand seems to have tapered off, so there aren't them, that many of them around. But, um, you know, everybody, see, everybody loves sheep, and everybody wants to have, that's, that's the idyllic dream is to have, Oh, you know, five or six sheep out in your backyard, and um, have a little fiber flock, and sit and spin, and <laughs> and so I think that that's that's a good thing in the state that because we do have there's a, there is quite um, a substantial number of people that are involved, and uh, lots of encouraging things happening. And that seems to be the trend is more people are starting to purchase these smaller flocks across the state. But what does the market look like? What does that look like when they have the the wool or the fiber? And how are they getting that product out to people that want it? Well, the thing that I have noticed in our marketing is that, well, since the pandemic, um, a lot of people were only able to buy online. Um, and now that we're able to get out and about again, um, there's still the tendency on the part of people to go online. But I've noticed that there has been a trend away from the purchasing of raw fleeces. Um, we always sold a large number of our fleeces 
just right off the sheep where we had skirted them, but, um, you know, they were dirty and, well, our sheep wore jackets, so they were um, pretty much free of debris, but still had the, the lanolin in them. And people have, that seems to be a trend away from purchasing of raw fiber, and people want something where they can just sit down and start spinning. Um, and natural colors don't seem to do it anymore. They want dyed colors, and they want things that are blended in, um, silk or bamboo, other exotic fibers. So that it's interesting, and people are buying in smaller quantities. Like I think um, we sell our, our roving balls in eight ounce balls, but a lot of what's sold is is two and four ounce amounts. So that's that's one thing that I've noticed. Also, there's a tendency, a trend towards um, more yarn. You know, we have yarn spun from our wool, and so the yarn that we sell is our own fiber. There are people that buy wholesale yarn and dye it and then sell it, but they're still part of the fiber industry because that's what they're doing. Backing up a little bit, you had mentioned that there's now more of a preference for a product that is ready to spin instead of just the raw product, the wool that's right off the animal. Is this in part due to the labor that goes along with it? Oh, I think so. The amount of labor that goes into getting the fiber into a into a, a spinnable form is huge. And the biggest limiting factor is actually washing the fiber. Um, it's washing the fiber and getting the grease out is not an easy thing. And if you, there are all sorts of debates that go on about the best way to do that. And the best way is hot water and Dawn, really hot water, like 160 degree water and Dawn dishwashing soap. So that is the, the washing is the limiting factor. Um, we have so many people that wash the fiber at home, bring it to us, and they haven't done a good job, so we have to rewash it, which then they don't feel good about because they have spent time washing it, and they have to then spend money to have it rewashed when they've spent all this time. So, um, yeah, washing is, washing is the limiting factor. What kind of resources are there available for people who are wanting to learn how to wash and process their own wool and fleece? Well, they can go to, um, they can come to me because I will be more than happy to tell them how to do it. Um, they can go on, there are fiber groups online um, that, that talk about washing fiber. But I think that talking to somebody who does it on a, on a big scale is probably the best idea. Like any, any woolen mill um, would be a good, a good resource um, because they will definitely know how to do it. In order to have a really good product, you have to have the grease totally removed. The fiber gets ruined in the carding machine if there's any grease in it. Now, if all you're doing is, is hand carding or drum carding, you know, that's a different story. But on the big commercial machinery, um, grease is a real issue. So it's, it's just important to get rid of it.
So we actually use ringer washing machines and fill it up with hot water and go on dishwashing soap and soak it and then put it through the ringer into a rinse and then fill up the old tub again. I mean, the, the used tub, dump the, the dirty water, fill it up again with hot water, and wash it again, and rinse it again. So that works really well for us. It sounds like there's a lot of components in this, and maybe stuff that you don't consider when you think of washing and processing this wool. So looking forward, what kind of interest is there in the younger generations to start picking up some of these skills and doing it on their own? You know, I'm not really sure if there is interest in um, the actual, you know, like people that live in cities don't necessarily have the ability, if you're in an apartment, how do you wash your fiber? Um, You know, so that would be a difficult situation. It would be really nice to have um, young people that really come and ask questions and find out how to do it and like we mentor several young people and so we always are talking to them and you know anybody that wants to you know we do um, on farm tours and talk about how to wash wool so you know you can come to our mill and talk to us about what's what's done and how to go about it and we can give you suggestions and um, you know that's one resource but they can also go on to fiber groups online. Well it sounds like there's certainly people out there that are willing to help these people the younger generation to learn these different uh, practices with wool and with that what other like hands-on activities or events are there for people to pick up on this? Well, there are a number of um, farm tours that take place, and that's a great thing for, for people to open up their farm so that the public can come to it and, you know, see what happens. Um, there's an alpaca farm in our area that that's real active in, like, they're just doing a paint a wine glass with the alpacas. So I guess you're going to go and paint something on your wine glass and alpacas are going to be in the background. But, you know, they bring pe- they do activities that bring people out to the farm. Um, so that's really an important thing to do. Um, we have a couple of times during the year that um, we have um, open houses. And, um, you know, if people can just call up and ask if they can come for a tour and you know, those things work really well. So we're not the only ones that are involved in this. And people that are in this industry that are at the older end of things, I think we're all concerned about the the younger generation taking over and what they're going to do and how this industry will, will continue. And so most everybody would be more than happy to to talk about what they do and how they do it and, you know, and to reach out to to the younger generation. And I think that that's important. Carol Wagner from Hidden Valley Farm and Woolen Mill along with us, giving us a look at the work that goes into processing fiber. As Carol mentioned, labor is the limiting factor when it comes to processing and deciding which wool and fiber products to purchase. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund.